0: Up in the morning, you want to sell Apple? You press a button and sold. Purdue do p- private equity. Surprise! I'm here.
1: All right. Welcome to another great episode of Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle.
2: Dre, I am so honored, proud, excited. I, I got this long, lifelong. I feel like I've been doing them all my, not all my life, but a lot of my career. I, I've kirby is is someone i've been hearing about for a long time and then i finally met him he's a uh one of my my best friends from college and kirby owns a private equity firm and i asked kirby to be on the show and he said yes so let me i'm just so i'm gonna try to control my smile because i'm gonna be smiling (laughs) like a jesse cat so i'm trying to control my enthusiasm but Kirby is the co-founder, managing partner of Base Ventures, a leading seed stage venture capital fund. Prior to Base Ventures, he worked at a boutique private equity fund for a decade. Over the course of his career, Kirby built a reputation for his keen investment analysis. His knack for simplifying complex ideas and filtering information to surface the most critical signals about a business potential for success made him a sought-after advisor for investors of all kinds. He applies learning from a long career in private equity investing to inform his work with startups and companies. First and foremost, thank you, Kirby, for being here. And and, and for our listeners, if you just can t- just explain, we, everyone's into the world of finance and stocks and bonds and watching Billions. Dre and I was talking about that. If you could just make it basic just for our listeners what is private equity and what's the difference between that and investing in apple or or something on the private market or public markets if you could start from that base level and we could kick it off from there
0: yeah you, you uh, thank you for having me first of all um i uh, looking forward to this uh, for a long time and um yeah i couldn't be happier to be on here here with you guys oh, yeah. so um but private private equity, as it as it implies, versus public equity is uh, uh, ownership of a company that it ha- um, that is private. It, it's not you know it's not traded on the public market. So once you make an investment in a private company, and you can have a private company uh, be your real estate holding. You may have two buildings, and it is in an LLC, and you have you know you and a partner have an LLC. Well, that's private equity, you know, um, in a sense, right? So you can't sell, you know, 20% uh, of your, you know, your two building uh, portfolio in the public markets. You have to go through the wholesale. You have to list it on, you know, uh, whatever your favorite listing site is to sell it. So it doesn't have the liquidity of public markets saying Apple. You wake up in the morning, you want to sell Apple, you press a button, it's sold. Um, you wake up in the morning and you want to sell your, you know, your two building LLC, you know, it's going to take process. you a month or two or to, to sell it. It's a process. Yes. So with that, you have, you have a different set of rules, right? So with public markets, there's a lot of disclosure that has, has to take place um, and in private equity and private markets, look, we have disclosure, but it isn't to the same extent because uh, mom and pop, can't buy or sell into this market uh, with the liquidity that uh, that an Apple uh, has. So it's not available to as many people. Um, you have to be what's called an accredited investor. So someone with enough resources to hire their own lawyers and accountants to do their own research. So you don't have to make as many disclosures. So um, so yeah, so the nature of public, public private equity is that it is a less liquid. It is harder to sell. It's harder to buy. It's harder to get into. It's harder to research. Um, it is it is a, a, a much much less much less transparent than than public markets. Public markets are made transparent because it's a it's a very liquid and, and everybody an accessible market.
2: Two two things. If if it's if it's less it's uh it's harder to get into. It's not liquid. If you can, you've mentioned a term accredited investor. Can you explain why people do it versus the public? Because they have immediate liquidity. And what is an accredited investor?
0: So there's a technical definition. There's a technical definition for an accredited investor, which there's a whole list you fill out. You know, did you make, are you worth more than $1 million? Um, million dollars have you made? Did you make more than you know 300000 dollars in the you know previous five years, um, each of the previous five years? So there's a bunch of different hurdles that you um, can tick to be an accredited investor, and then there's levels even to that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's accredited, and then there's uh, qualified, and there's you know so there's there's different layers mm-hmm. to to the level of investor y- you are, um, and again it's important because if you, you have a million dollars of liquid capital. You have the resources to hire your own attorneys and accountants um, you un- to understand whatever you're getting into because again um, in a private market especially you know if you think about private equity um, you can have some um, rather complex structures uh, so um, uh, so you need you need a team or you need to be able to understand really what's going on because there's not as many people that to come out and, and help you, um, and why do people do private equity? For, for a number of reasons. Um, for venture capital, like what we do, um, there's a great uh, synergy between this long holding period with higher returns um, uh, and tax efficiency. To you know, uh, insurance companies. Insurance companies. If you're a, a you know. Um, life insurance company you know you're you have policies that are going to be around for multiple decades so you want to make as much money as you can during those multiple decades and our asset class uh is tax efficient and it's a it's a multi-decade asset class so you know um uh i've been in uh, investor in you know venture capital funds you know uh, one back in like 1999 2000 that just wound down to you know last year in 2021. Can you believe? Wow. I mean, 21 years. We talk about uh, mm-hmm. venture capital being you know a 10 year life of a fund, but um, but you know sometimes it's you know it's it's probably actually a little bit longer. Um, so the illiquidity doesn't matter for someone like a college endowment, right? That's college endowments. Insurance companies are the big investors in. And, and private equity because they have such a long lead time um, for for their cash. So they they can be really patient investors.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So, so Kirby, I, I have to admit, uh, for me, you're kind of like a, the legend, the myth, right? So for, I'd say, about a decade, I've heard your name in the ethos out there. Like, dude's a wizard, you know, super smart. He, he, you know, He's like a master of what he does. And so... And when, when when we when we caught caught the big the big fish, you we caught the whale. He was like, "Yo," he said, "Yes." I'm like, "Great." So so one of the questions, the first questions that came to mind is, you know, a person's success exposure or or horizon is directly correlated to their exposure, right? As a kid, you know, the things I dreamed about, thought yeah, about, yeah. you know, is, you know, doctor, lawyer. I really enjoyed you know law studying, You know, as a kid, you know sports that sort of thing the idea of private equity um you know boutique private equity funds was not even in the scope of my the realm of my thought you know growing up even even again as a young adult so for you talk to me about the path kind of the trajectory that took you from you know what you were exposed to that sort of thing to where you are now yeah um you know, a lot of it is just my
0: innate curiosity. Um, I tend to go down rabbit holes and get get into something and 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 just go deep into stuff. But um, but yeah, really, how I got here is um, so you know, I grew up. Uh, my dad, my dad actually detailed cars, and my mom was a uh, when I was a kid. My mom was a medical records. Um, uh, worked in medical records. Back in the time when you needed a medical records yeah. clerk to jot down stuff, now it's all in the computer. Right. Uh, I don't know if that job exists. I don't, I don't think that job exists yeah. anymore. Um, and my mom later became a nurse and, you know, um, and uh, but um, so, you know, I was an inner city kid uh, but my dad, he detailed cars and he worked at the Rolls Royce dealership in San Francisco. And as his side hustle, he would you know detail the customer's cars after they bought the cars he would say hey i'll come around and keep your car up for you um and, you know a couple times a year so we had a rolodex of of people who had you know were very successful so we would go to their house and me as a little kid you know six seven years old i would work but there's only so much work you're gonna do as a six seven eight year old kid and i would sit around and I'd talk to them and i'd observe just see what they were doing and what you know and we had, there was a share of doctors, but most people were entrepreneurs. Most people own their own business. And, uh, so I, you know, noted that, okay, this is a different, you know, there's pools, there's road, you know, and someone who owns a Rolls Royce. I don't know how, how into this kind of community you are, but people who own Rolls Royce tend to have two or three or four other cars, um, for, you know, for various needs or, or wants. So, um, And being one a kid that loves cars, so that's, you know, my goal. I'm like, okay, I don't know, you know, I didn't necessarily want a Rolls Royce, but I wanted a stable of cars. And, um, and the people who had them, you know, were primarily business owners. So, okay, I want to own a business. So, you know, I initially got into, so I went through college and in my, in my college notebook, you know, there's a, my senior year, I said, okay, I want to invest. I want to do research. And I, I was thinking I was going to do public, public equities is, is really what I wanted to do. Is, but I wanted to do a, a, a broad work, a broad array of industries, and invest in different industries in the public markets. And that really led me into um, working in private equity. Uh, me talking to a bunch of people, and uh, I actually had a meeting. Uh, I, I called a cousin who was an executive at the time at Pacific Bell. And he actually went to WorldCom, which, you know, the fate of that company. But um, he called back to some friend to a friend who introduced me to two people. One was uh, Smiley's uh, dear college friend. (laughs) (laughs) And one was actually uh, uh, another man, uh, actually another guy from Oakland. They were actually a partnership who ran... Uh, a boutique private equity fund. One guy's from Oakland, and one guy was from Richmond, California. <laughs> a similar dynamic. Okay. And, okay. Um, and you know, they saw something in me and took a chance. And, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was actually in the middle of getting my MBA in finance um, when they hired wow. me. And uh, I ended up working there for 10 years and, and, and making up to a vice president.
1: Wow! And doing wow.
0: a bunch of interesting stuff. So it was. I mean, we had a lot of really interesting bespoke projects that we worked worked on, and you know, doing um, bespoke securities and being being really uh, yeah. artistic with the with the business that we that we did. So uh, it, was, it was a great learning experience. I had some really interesting time.
2: That that's cool. I didn't know that part of the story. So when you when you were when you look at finance, so that's like a building block to private equity because that helps you look at the numbers and everything. We were we were talking about billions. When have you ever seen that show, Billions? <laughs> of course, up. of course, So yeah, tell me, course. from a from a, you know all those laypersons looking at it, we're like, yeah, that's Wall Street. That's the way it works. From your expert inside out perspective, would you say that's ten percent realistic, or would you say it's is 90% realistic, or is just all fantasy?
0: Oh, uh, no. So, one, he works at a hedge fund. So, it's a multi-strategy hedge fund. So, he has a hedge fund that they can buy, you know, they might buy um, commodity, stock, they'll go long, go short. So, it's a multi-strategy hedge fund. Um, that is, you know, uh, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. I mean, you know, I'll I watch a bunch of these, you know, shows about... Uh, about investing and you're like, ah, that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. Like, but his is, is pretty is pretty um is pretty accurate. Um it's pretty accurate. It's, it's it is pretty accurate.
2: So so for a young person, because you said that you 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 tapped and when you met these representatives young and early in your career. Let's say there's a young person now who's at grad school or undergrad and they're listening and they're like, you know what, I want to get into private equity what would you recommend they do? Would you say get a job or get an internship with J.P. Morgan or, or what what, what someone of art persuasion who want to tap yeah, into this yeah. world? Because I, I want to, after you answer that, I'm going to circle back to what you're doing now, like your fun, and, and like how's the yeah. climate is and all that different stuff. But what would you tell a young, aspiring yeah. person who wants to say, you know what, I want to be like Kirby, or I want to get into private equity and be the next generation. What would you say to that young person at Howard Morehouse or Dartmouth or wherever?
0: Yeah, I mean it. The more traditional, so I'm in venture capital. So private equity, you know, encompasses just a, everything private, private markets. So you can do, you know, so it, like you talk about billions. Billions is a hedge fund, and then you know, private equity is, or you know, traditionally what we think about is private equity is more robert smith does goes out he'll buy a company he'll improve it and then sell it again either to the to another private buyer or to the public markets uh and then uh billions they you you call it private equity but it's kind of he'll do any they, they can almost do anything um but it is you know money that you manage for wealthy individuals you know institutions uh that um that tries to find inefficiencies in the market um, to get an outsized return. Um, And then venture capital, what we do is, you know, we're going to invest in a, you know, a small, a small company early, and we're going to make all of our money based on um, the growth of the company. The company's going to grow from, uh, you know, let's say, one hundred thousand in revenue in twenty twenty three to one hundred million in revenue in twenty thirty three, and that's where all of our our um, our returns are going to come. Uh, whereas a private equity company, you know, they're going to buy the company at one hundred million in revenue, but they just might make it more efficient, and they may get revenue up a little bit more, but just bring up profit and then sell the company along. So you know, that's um, so we all these are all different parts and then when it becomes public that's when the hedge fund may buy it and sell it and do a bunch of stuff and look for inefficiencies in the market so um so we play we, we we participate in different parts of the of the system um as it were but it's all called private equity but it but it can mean a bunch of different stuff so um so if you're talking about just you know the private equity part that you think about when you talk about private equity where you go out and buy a company and Reshuffle it, and then so along the Robert Smith kind of model of private equity. Um, getting into that is it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty tried and true um, path. From you know working at a consulting firm, uh, 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 tax and you know tax audit consulting kind of firm, um, going to you know going to B school, and then from there going to work at. Uh, your favorite investment bank and then from there going on to um, into a private equity space is is the a more typical uh, path into private equity which you know I was just meeting with an investor um, like you say of, of our persuasion who is at a, a very large very prestigious um, venture capital fund and he actually left a private equity fund to join this um uh, venture capital fund, and we were we were talking, and I was telling them, you know, people call me all the time in graduate school, and law school, and undergrad, and they want to get into venture capital. I'm like, venture capital isn't it's it's not as lucrative, and it's you know it's it's you know private equity is a much more lucrative, much more, um, but it's much more competitive, and the barriers to entry of private equity are much higher and is you know is, it's not as it's not as quote unquote sexy as venture capital but you know i i encourage basically 100% unless you're a 100% of the people um that i talk to to get into venture to, to get into private equity get into private equity or hedge fund if you have you know the, the the bar is higher uh but the pay is the pay is much more and you can always do venture capital uh, you can do venture capital on the side. You can write your own personal because it doesn't take a lot of capital to do venture capital, and that's why the that's why the pay isn't as much, right? Because what is a large venture capital fund? What the largest venture capital fund is, I think, like four billion dollars. That's the entry. That's a that's a small private equity fund. Private equity. So you know, and we all get to the same two percent fees. So you know, um, uh, so when you think about you know the largest venture capital fund. Is basically, you know, kind of a mid tier, um, or actually on a small side for a private equity fund. So, um, but it takes a lot more.
2: I have a follow up, and I, I apologize for all the uh, the TV references. So, would you say your 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 base VC isn't like billions, but are you closer to Shark Tank, or is it totally fictitious? Closer to Shark or Tank. Or closer to Shark Tank. Closer right, to shark that tank. Makes sense, Much closer to Shark we,
0: Tank than billions.
1: All right, that's much fair.
0: closer to starting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. So, he, so here's an observation. I have a question. I have a observation and two two questions for you. You mentioned growing up that pops clean cars on the side. You'd go with him to these mansions, things like that. Help out a bit with cleaning cars, things like that. Who has the cleanest car on your block?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know you know what it's fun he comes over and almost it doesn't matter how clean my car is he's like man your car is dirty I'm like, how come this isn't clean, that isn't clean? Come on, I'm going to clean. We're going to clean this car together. I'm like, oh. God. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how clean my car is. It doesn't matter how clean my car is. I just watched it. Detailed it. Looks, it looks all right. It looks all right. Yeah.
1: OK, OK. So here's a question for you. When you think about the companies that you know pitch to you guys, right, Tell me about some of the common challenges that you see startups facing and how you help them navigate through those challenges. Um,
0: you know, when we invest, it's at the very, very early. You know, if you if you and Smiley starting a company, you'd come pitch us, and it would be two of you, and you may not have anything, but you're to, you know, this podcast. And say, hey, we have a podcast with, you know, maybe you were even, before you can start the podcast, you would come to us and and we, we would invest in, we would invest in 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 you guys in your process uh, for for solving problems, much more than the concept of a podcast. So when founders come to us, you know they're pitching a business, but they're also, you know, we're evaluating them as founders as people more than we're as much as we're um, evaluating uh, the companies because there's you know we have probably. You know, three or four of our highest performing companies, we invested in a totally different concept, than when it ended up coming out um, because it's you know so early. So, you know, part one of the things that we need founders to do is be is be agile, be able to you know uh, run a process, iterate, and keep finding the true north of the business and keep the business alive and find a true north. Um, and oftentimes that leads to uh, a change of path somewhere. Uh, somewhere down the road so um uh, so that's you know so finding that true north finding that product market fit uh is one of the key challenges and you know being able to think outside of the box and being being able to you know you have to find something and work it but you always have to check you know you have to be always kind of tacking and seeing. okay is this Doing what it's supposed to do, is it scaling the way I wanted to scale? And is there the future? What I'm learning from the market, is it proven true? Uh, my is my thesis proving true in the market as I'm building out? Are people as receptive, or our customers as receptive to my product as I thought? And if you know, if so, why? And if they aren't, why you know, why not? And um, you know, developing your product, your process. Um, uh, to match your customers or, you know, match the customers at scale. And, um, you know, so things can change, you know, from the beginning, to the middle to the end, you know, sometimes the things that got you to their first million is just not going to scale you to, uh, you know, venture scalable business. So you gotta keep, I mean, we've had founders who just, okay, stop their business. They are doing a million or 2 million in revenue. And they say, look, this isn't going to scale past, you know, so many millions. So, I'm, you know, cut, I'm gonna cut this business. Go, I'm gonna cut this business away, and I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna start something. I learned something and getting that first million in revenue, and I'm gonna take what I learned. I found a, a spot, and I'm gonna go execute against that. Um, so, you know, that is one of the you know one of the key uh, insights we we look for founders who have that ability to to um, iterate quickly, process, and execute.
1: Makes sense. So. That leads me to my next question, which is, you guys are a bit of a unicorn, and feel free to choose a different word there if that's not accurate, in, the, in this industry. A unicorn in that, you know, the makeup, you know, the owners, you know, their background sort of thing. Yeah. How have you guys been able to still remain successful and overcome the imagined obstacles of, you know, being the, a unicorn in this industry? how do you guys how do you guys manage to yeah. and, and overcome the, the the challenges that come with
0: that one founders remarkably will take money if you have it so <laughs> so you know deploying capital as long as you have capital deploying capital is 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 much easier than what you think you know um I think when we first started uh, you know I was telling partners hey you don't need that much money for people to answer your, answer the phone when you call, and you know I learned that from the previous private equity space. You know, if you're liquid, I mean we're liquid investing with you know a relatively small pool of capital. People with a lot higher net worth uh, will answer your call because they're not oftentimes their net worth is tied up in a bunch of illiquid assets. So, you know, they still need a partner with, um, with a balance sheet, with liquidity um, to go out and do stuff. So. Um, uh, so, yeah, so remarkably, people, no matter how successful, you know, will take your money if you have it. Um, so, you know, so there's it, the, the, the challenge hasn't been deploying capital uh, it's more on the capital raising side. Where, you know, you got to go out and convince someone that, you know, people are investing in a blind pool. Right. So as much as we need to believe in a founder, um, our investors need to believe in two people. It's much less about because they don't know what what the portfolio holds. You know, a lot of times people ask, so, you know, what's in the what's in let me see the portfolio. Let me see what you guys have invested in. I'm like, no, you're going to give us the money and then we're going to go out and find stuff to invest in. And you know that's a uh, that can be a a a, a challenging concept uh, for a lot of people for you know looking at looking at two two people um, that that don't look familiar or similar to them. Um, you know I'm gonna cut you a six or seven figure check and let you go out and find you know see what you can find and I'll see what happens and I'm and it's going to be illiquid for the next ten years. I can't do anything about it. I can't you know you have as being a limited partner you know you basically have no say um and then you is locked up for 10 years so um uh so yeah so so the challenge is typically on the capital raising side and yeah and you know yeah probably unicorn isn't the right right um term you know i i have to think of another term but you know there because there are there are a good number of us i mean there's i mean not, not as many as there should be uh uh and not as many as we need Yes, we were the first, one of the first. Yes, absolutely. Um, but there's been a <clears throat> there's been a bunch of people that, that have come behind us, uh, fortunately, and you know raised a, a you know a, a decent amount of capital. Um, so yeah, it's not a unicorn, but it's the same. It is the same. Um, uh, the same hurdles that we face every day. Uh, of you know there's a there's a the, yeah there's a you know a putting everybody in the same boat boat like hey you guys are all the same so there's 50 of you all compete for this one dollar like but they're in a different market than we are we have nothing there's no overlap it's not like you can't invest in pretty much all 50 of us you know and have a decent amount of diversification because you know there's very little overlap actually um but you know we know each other but People are all over the country. And, and one thing about venture capital is, it is, 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 is for the most part, is local, is regional, um, surprisingly. Um, because, you know, um, uh, it's, 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 it's a relationship-driven business. Um, and it's networks. And it's, you know, I'm in, I am in, um, you know, I'm in the Bay Area. Sacramento is 95 miles north. I mean, you can drive 85 miles north. You can drive up there to Sacramento. Um, Evaluation of a company in Sacramento is one third evaluation of a company in the Bay Area. There's, you know, there's four people in Sacramento that are writing checks. They got the whole market to themselves. If they find something great. You know they could invest at some valuation that would seem you know ridiculously low here and you know get the company rolling a little bit and drive down here and raise that some obscenely high valuation um and and that's and that's a drive that's an hour and a half drive you know a place that you know it's not separated by water or anything or there's nothing separating sacramento from the bay area but there's you know it's a small you know sacramento there's you know, a handful of investors, five or six that, you know, do most of the investing in, 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 uh, early stage companies, uh, because that's people don't know if you don't know anybody in the Bay Area, you can't get anybody to give you money. So, um, so pe- so founders typically raise money where they know people. And, um, so wherever you wake up. Yeah.
2: Well, that's, that's something you said. Um, so let's say we got a listener and, you mentioned Drea Smiley, but let's say it's Drea Smiley, listener, and I got this awesome tech idea or this awesome business idea. How does someone get to you? Do they go to your website like, hey, I want to pitch? I got some great idea. It's going to be worth zillions of dollars. Uh, what would you say if it was you, Kirby, who had a great business idea, and I wanted to get on Kirby's pitch schedule or get in front of Kirby like a shark tape sort of thing? Is there a process or do I need to know somebody or how do I, how does someone get to you who's listening to us, who has the best technological idea that's going to be worth tens of millions?
1: in the next ten years. Cause Molly has one. Trust me, he's got one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I already get
2: slammed. I guess like four or five times, man. I had so many ideas. I didn't know if I see him I got a different idea.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and all we need all we million. need to get started is about two million. <laughs> yeah, all is two million.
0: Yeah. 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 Um no that's that's that is that is not uncommon. And so I'll say, how do you get to us? How do you get to us? You know, if you have an idea that's going to be worth, you know, all, the, you know, a lot of money, um, one, try to execute it, you know, on your own with no money, you know, try to, try to, try to execute to some degree with nothing and see where you can get, uh, see if, you know, see if you can test some of the hypotheses out that you have um in some creative ways that don't take a lot of capital um and you know um uh you know try to have something in hand when you come as an as an unknown unproven quantity into a space and you know and then even better you might think you might get to a point say oh i can run this you know get this without any money uh because i think a lot of people um too often say i have an idea they sit around but i need money and don't do any don't don't execute on the idea at all until they have money or and and say hey i need money um when many of the best ideas you can really get them started with no money look you know you might need money to scale there's a point where you may need money but you know um proving out that and proving out that you can execute on an idea is you know more important actually than your idea like I said, you know, because we're investing in people much, much, um, much more than ideas. And everybody has an idea. Uh, very few people. We don't get paid on execution. We don't get paid on ideas. We get paid on execution. And typically, you know, people come with this great idea. And if you're doing venture capital, you listen to, you know, thousands and thousands of pitches a year, you hear almost every idea. I mean, you're, you know, you're like, oh, I heard, you know you know you're pitching a your new idea with excitement and enthusiasm you're like okay this is the fourth one i heard but we're evaluating you against the other three or four people who have the same idea or you know something very similar um so you know you know maybe it is a, a, a an area we're interested in investing but you also there have been three other people in there with you or there's gonna be two or three other people come in after you with a similar or the same idea um and we're going to, you know, maybe we do place a bet, uh, make an investment in the space, but it's going to be in one of the four. It's not going to be in all four people or all four you know, teams. So. Um, so, yeah. So is that you can email, you can find somebody that knows us. So you can do all those different ways to get in front of get in front of uh, your favorite venture, venture capital, um, venture capitalists. But it's always going to be more important to have you know, some meat on the bone and. Um, um, some you know have a decent resume and decent resume of startup execution.
1: Makes sense. So Kirby, unfortunately, we've gotten to the to the final four segment. So you know this this is this is sort of the I have at least fifty more questions. But um, so <laughs> here's here's one question we, we, we haven't asked that we like to ask our guests as we transition into the final four. Right. Okay. So as I mentioned to you, you know, okay. for over a decade, you're like the man, the myth, the legend. This this brain, this wizard behind the curtain. So I'm glad we had a chance to connect here, but what's one thing that your friends um, and others may not know about you that you wish they knew?
0: Ooh, one thing, the thing, um, that's that. Yeah. Okay. That was, <laughs> <laughs> one, thing wish, um, one thing I wish they knew. Okay. Um, Oh man, um, oh, you know, I, I ooh, yeah, I, maybe m- maybe not, that that I, I enjoy investing, uh, or you know, I I enjoy the process of investing as much as the the execution of investing. I enjoy the process. I enjoy the the um, the, the intellectual rigor of going through um the investment process and and, and the, the learning process and actually the the meeting of people you know uh is is you know one of the really fun things that happens in our space that we get to meet amazing people and this is um it really uh, energizes me um yeah and you know um yeah and 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 when the when the when the Furled brow is 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 uh uh it's it's me listening and thinking it's not it's not disinterest.
2: Awesome, wow, that's cool. I do you like the process? Well, man, I like the process. The, as a first final four question, I know I know you've been around the world. You meet investor types and all these different wealthy high one percenter type people. But if you were to have dinner with you and three others, four chairs at the yeah. table, you're in one, three other representatives, who would you want to have dinner with, alive or dead, and why?
0: Yeah. So... <clears throat> um, uh, You know what? I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go... I would do my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she's alive and she'd be interesting, um, Barack Obama. Awesome. And, um, my, uh, maternal grandfather, Mm. who, um, he was a, a master chief, uh, in the Navy during the, um, uh, Korean and Vietnam, I think Vietnam war during the Vietnam war. And, uh, his files have just been declassified. So there was, you know, there's what he did that everybody knew, but then there was a bunch of classified stuff that he did that we didn't know about. So he had accommodations that were actually classified. <laughs> and as you know, the, the, you know, the time ran out and they declassified a bunch of stuff recently. So some of his accommodations got you know declassified. So this is a black man in the in the Navy in the fifties who, um, Reached the level of master chief, and and my mother used to always told the stories of we were here when this happened, we were in this country when that happened, and it was, and she never thought of why they were always in these hot spots of conflict, mm-hmm. but it was because my grandfather was there, and he was uh, he was he was actually a code breaker, um and he was wow. in the computers back in the you know in the 50s and and code breaking so. Um, and uh, so yeah, so I love to be able to talk to him and ask him the stories, and and let my mother ask the story, ask him the questions about, okay, so what you know, what were you doing in, in Guam and these different places in Germany in the, in the 60s and 50s and stuff, and um, and then being able to kind of bounce that kind of stuff off of uh, someone like Barack Obama. My mother's a uh, uh, quite a bit of a historian, so you know, she she would have you know. Uh, interesting questions to ask of uh, Barack Obama and then I would have, I would, you know, I would have some, I would have some finance questions to ask. him, like, okay, what what were you, you know, when you did X, <laughs> Y, and Z, some stuff I'm like, I don't really make sense, you know, as a, you know economically, that didn't make sense. Uh, so, um,
1: okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So what's been your greatest success personally or professionally?
0: Um, you know, professionally as easily is, is base ventures and, you know, getting it, like you said, starting where there was nobody out there and building it and sustaining the business for the last, you know, more than a decade. <clears throat> um, But, you know, personally, I feel like there's, you know, uh, as an individual, I think, I feel like the next five years is going to be, um, you know, my, my, you know, greatest success as a, person i'm looking forward to i think there's a transformation and some some building going on inside of me and some self-reflection and stuff so um so i think you know the next five years for me is going to be you know one of my greatest successes that i'm looking forward to
2: so um for the third final four question superman flies the hulk has his strength and the flash is fast what out of the seven billion people on the planet what is Kirby Harris's superpower what is something that's uniquely Kirby that no one else has that you it identify as your superpower
0: I you know I say listening I say listening all the time just being quiet and listening letting people talk but it's also I think um, uh, processing processing data processing um you know, processing words, processing data, processing the environment around me uh, and recognizing things that, you know, are um, that are happening that are unique. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been. Yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a, one of those things that I'm seeing stuff and, I you know, I can't always ex- execute on them or I can't always put my finger on my, like there's something happening right now and there's opportunity here and you know i've seen it a couple times and you know okay so to make it a superpower i i have to get the part executing on on what i'm seeing oh, but man. um but that 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 analysis that seeing the world you know having the the skills to to see a bunch of stuff while also being you know, being um, being grounded, being with the kind of the every man and every woman, and seeing uh, what they're doing, and translating that with what's going on in a in a larger macro environment is um, you know is is part of a superpower. So I guess mm-hmm. it's two that that for listening sure. to the world and then listening to a, a human, an individual, um, and and processing actively.
1: Yeah, for sure. So if you were to write an autobiography, what would the title be?
0: Oh, that won't be tough. Um, uh, oh, yeah. um, I, you know, I think I, think I uh, I'd be probably surprised I'm here.
2: Surprise, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Surprise, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> wow. I like, it. Well, I like it. Kirby, man. Like I said, man, I've been smiling this whole thing as my name, but. I want to thank you for being on the podcast and just for breaking down something that's so mysterious to so many people and and making the references or at least answering the questions as I made the TV references so people can understand the world of what you do behind the curtain. Because I think what you and your partner is doing in this uh, private equity world, just exposing it to people who can participate and can generate wealth over long periods of decades is just phenomenal. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your understanding. And thank you for answering our sophomore questions and just you know, being here. I appreciate <laughs> you. Nah,
0: I loved it. I loved it. And that's one of the things that we have always prided ourselves on and why we got started in the business really, uh, was to expose it to the people because exposure is what, you know, so important for us to for us to change our environment was being exposed to these other worlds and seeing what's there and you know and and give you a a place to a place to to strive to um that was you know so far removed from the you know where we grew up so um so yeah Yeah. so um we're all about i am all about exposure
1: yeah man we appreciate you being on the pod for sure thanks for your time yeah man We appreciate you being on the pod for sure. Thanks for your time.